Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Mirror podcast. Today we'll be talking about Leah and her story with um, bipolar, uh, struggling with suicidal thoughts and some action, um, and how she wished um, family would have supported her um, in ways that they did. So stay tuned, her story's inspiring, and here we go. Okay, we're so excited to have Leah here today. That's how you pronounce your name, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We're so excited to have Leah here today. Um, Leah is going to share her story. Um, she's had quite a few things happen to her over the years. And so we're, we're excited to have her here. So Leah, go ahead and start with your story, wherever you want to start. Okay. So, um, growing up, I always felt like there was something a little off with me, uh, emotionally, um, but never knew exactly what it was. And then when I was 27, Eliza, it was the day after her seventh birthday. I had my first suicide attempt and I spent two weeks at LDS hospital in the psych unit. And there I was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, A lot of it in the hospital, I don't remember because they really drug you. Oh. Did I lose you? Oh, dang. Vacation feels good because oh. you're not feeling the emotional part of it. Sorry, Leah, you cut out for just a minute. I may need to oh. move to a different area. Give me one second. Okay. Um. Yeah. So you cut out like right when you said they drug do a lot of drugs. So, so they give you a lot of drugs in the hospital, um, that are like sedatives to make you relax. Yeah. And you're frozen. Oh, do you have me now? Yes. I'm going to switch to my, um, phone hotspot because I think that that works better. Okay. Give me one second. Sorry about that. I should have thought about that before, but (laughs) here we are. Okay. Oh, I still have you. There we go. Okay. And the hotspot is on. Let's see. There it is. Okay. Now we should be good. There we go. Okay. So just start back up at, um, in the hospital, they give you, wow, now I need to figure out how to get my laptop. There you go. Um, in the hospital, they give you a lot of medications. So you couldn't feel a lot of the, yeah. So you don't feel a lot of the emotional part of the mental illness. Yeah. And Um, I had a surgery immediately after that, um, the doctor messed up on. And so he was just like pumping me full of, um, Lortab. And then I had to go into a wound clinic every day for three months. Yeah. And they were pumping me full of Lortab and I was, I didn't keep taking it for the pain, but I kept taking it for the emotional pain. 
Yeah. Because it was taking away all the hurt and darkness and loneliness I was feeling. Yeah. And so I became addicted to that. And um, that went on for a few years. Yeah. But with the bipolar, it was just going to psychiatrist and therapist and trying medication that wasn't working, trying more medication that wasn't working. And it was just like this ugly routine of trying, it failed, trying, it failed. Yeah. And uh, very frustrating, very, very frustrating. So my symptoms weren't getting any better. Yeah. And it was causing a lot of damage in relationships. Um, and I had, um, a few years down the road, things with my marriage dissolved. Um, I had siblings that wouldn't have anything to do with me yeah. and friends that walked away and it just became very lonely. It came to a point where the only ones at my side were my children. And, um, even that came to a point where, you know, they had to separate because it's just, it's not healthy. And then three and a half years ago, I had a major suicide attempt and my daughter came to my house. Um, she just had this really strong feeling she needed to check on me. And she came and she found me in my bed, totally unconscious. Mm -hmm. And, um, she literally saved my life. I ended up in, um, ICU on a ventilator and, um, at that time I didn't, I didn't have, I mean, my kids were still talking to me, but I was so lonely and so dark. It was during COVID. I was living by myself, working from home. They didn't want a whole lot to do with me. And I can't blame them because of where I was at. It was very difficult for them to want to spend time with me. Yeah. Um, I, I would guilt them a lot. Who wants to be around someone that's guilting them and lashing out at them? Nobody does. Yeah. So I don't, I can't blame, don't blame them. Um, but I got to a place that I, I just felt like there wasn't a, a purpose for me on this earth. And that unless you've been there in your head, you cannot describe it. Yeah. It is so dark. It is so, it's such a feeling of loneliness. And you just feel like if you stay, it's just going to get worse. And you can't imagine it getting worse because you feel like you're at the very worst. Yeah. Um, and so I, I went into the hospital and, and that was helpful. And I got on some new medications and they yeah. were really helping and doing better. And um, then a year, just over a year ago, my, the psychiatrist I had been going to for a couple of years told me that he just didn't think there was any help for me. And he just, he said, you know, I just, I can't help you anymore. And I just remember driving home from his office thinking, how can you, as your profession, this is what you do. And how can you look at me and say, there's no help for you. There's no hope for you. And I just 
broke down. I, I just couldn't even believe that he would say that to me. Yeah. And so I got on my computer and started doing some research because I knew that there was more. And I found a psychiatrist and psychiatrists are new psychiatrists are really hard to get into. There's a real big demand in Utah for them. And, um, I made an appointment and she was able to get me in the next week, which is like unheard of. It's amazing. And yeah, I got into her and she was just so full of hope for me. And, um, she said, I want to try ketamine and a thing called TMS, which TMS, you, they put these magnetic things on your head and while you're doing the treatment, it, it re, um, reroutes the neurotransmitters in your brain. And it's a six week process. You go every day for a half hour. And while you're doing that, they give you these gratitude prompts and you write in a journal. That's cool. Answering that. And those two things literally saved me. And, um, so I am so grateful for that. But in my journey, you know, times that I felt so alone and so down, gratitude is probably the number one thing that I could have turned to that I didn't turn to. Yeah. Instead, I turned to, it was so hard to even think of that. It was so yeah. hard to even think I had anything to be grateful for. Yeah. And and that my kids always stood beside me through that whole process. And I think of all the suffering that I went through and all the suffering that I did, they suffered so much more. Yeah. They suffered way more. They have a picture of mental health and mental illness that I'll never understand that I'll never be able to see because they were right there with me, but looking from through a different lens. Yeah. And I think it gave them so much empathy for people that go through that. Yeah. But I mean, they're truly heroes in it all. And um, it's, it's hard to me. It's really hard for me when people take the word bipolar and say, oh, the weather's so bipolar. Yeah. It's like, we don't take words like I've, I've done this in my past. I know. And say, oh, that thing is retarded. That's yeah. not okay. Yeah. But yet people just totally minimize something like bipolar. Yeah. It's very hard for me. It's a very lonely illness. It's a very dark illness and it's hard a lot of days to just function. Yeah. No matter where you're at on your journey. And there are times you just think, why, why is God giving me this trial? Does he not love me? Does he not recognize me as his child? Yeah. And you wonder why. Yeah. I see people on the side of the street who are talking to themselves and I just think I feel so sorry for them 
because most likely they're probably just not taking their medication. You know, they've got something mentally wrong with them and they're not in a position to take medication or everyone that used to be by their side is no longer there. And we just need to be gentle and give grace to people who are fighting mental health, mental illness. Um, uh, Jane Clausen wrote a great book called Silent Souls Weeping. And, and I got to go and listen to her speak. And in that talk that she gave, she said that she doesn't like to refer to it as mental illness. She likes to refer to it as your brain is sick. Oh, and I love that. very profound to me because it puts a different spin. She said, you know, your heart gets sick, your kidneys get sick, all these different elements of your body get sick. So why can't your brain get sick? Yeah. And I thought that was very profound. If we could look at it that way, it's a part of us that is sick, a part of us that has broken down. Yeah. And maybe we could think differently about people. Maybe we could choose to see them in our Savior's eyes and yeah. love them the way our Savior does, rather than have this stigma about them and have such a um, standoffish and judgment way about them. Yeah. Because... I'm a normal person just fighting a different trial than the next person. Yeah. I still love people. I still want to be accepted. I still want to be around people. Yeah. Um, this summer, I met a young man who was in extreme depression and very suicidal. And I was talking to his mom and I said, my suggestion for you is patience as hard as it is, is patience and take him to spend time, go and do things with him so that he knows he's loved. Yeah. If you just think, oh, he's depressed, I'm not going to bother him. He needs to know that you care so much that you're willing to extend yourself and say, hey, let's go to, let's go get some dinner or let's go through a drive-through and go on a drive and just be together, whether he says a word or not. Just the idea of you taking the time to show that you love him. Take the time throughout the day to tell you, tell him you love him. Yeah. Because a lot of times. I had no idea if anybody loved me. You just, your, your mind goes places. You have these distorted thoughts. Yeah. And they take over your thinking. Oh, yeah. And it's hard. You need to be reminded. You need, you need people to show up and say, I love you. I care. I'm here for you. And even if they don't know what to say, just show up and sit with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Leah. Um, so 
I don't know. I feel like the general message is just like to, to not judge and to love and do all we can to inspire those around us and make them feel of that love and attention. Um, so Leah, for those that are listening that don't maybe fully understand, um, bipolar or maybe do struggle with bipolar, but don't know, um, what are like some signs or symptoms, I guess, of the, that brain sickness, that, um, health issue overall? Um, so there's obviously the, the change in the depression and then the manic and the depression can last for long, long periods of time. And, um, the manic is not generally like months of mania. It's usually a shorter period of time than the depression is. Yeah. Um, for me, when I'm in a manic phase, it's very hard to sleep. I have to take sleeping medication. Yeah. Um, I've stayed up for a few days at a time before. So there's that, um, distorted thoughts are definitely a thing. Paranoia is a thing. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if the distorted thoughts play into the paranoia. I'm not clinically sure there. Yeah. But it seems like it could definitely feed off of each other. Okay. So, so for those that might be listening that do struggle with bipolar and maybe haven't got to the point that you're at where you do feel more healed. I mean, obviously it's always a process. What mm-hmm. would be your words of advice to those people listening? Um, probably my greatest words of advice is don't give up. Don't give up. If you're going to a provider and you don't feel like they're helping you, find someone else. And if they're not helping you the way you want help, keep searching, keep searching. I mean, I've, this has been a 19 year journey for me and it's honestly has been a roller coaster a lot of the times, but you're so worth it. Don't give up, keep fighting for yourself. And if you feel like no one else is fighting for you, open your mouth and express it. Open your mouth and voice it. Yeah. Find someone that you feel like will listen and say, I need help. I need help. Yeah. There's so many organizations and support groups. There's NAMI that has so much to offer. Um, but, and honestly, I'm not like pushing this on people, but look into TMS, look into ketamine. Yeah. I mean, I feel like God gives us things to benefit us. And I feel like those things have been a huge benefit for me. Yeah. I know you talked about that when you came and got your hair done. I'm interested in trying them because I just feel like anyone could benefit from a little bit of a boost, you know, like even just sitting there and gratitude. I know you talked about gratitude. That's actually a big part of my healing journey too, was my therapist was huge on write down everything you're grateful for. Um, and maybe not even writing it down, but just be more aware of the the things you're grateful for than 
the negative thoughts, which is so hard when you're in the moment, like you were saying, but just being able to to disconnect from those negative feelings and emotions and connect with what you're given. Cause we really, all of us are blessed with so much. It's just different than the next person. So it's hard to not compare and anyway, but I think those treatments, I mean, I, I would recommend them and I've never even done them. So good, good on you for recommending them to those listening to. Oh, well, and the other thing is shame is so connected to brain sickness. We carry so much shame and we feel like something is wrong with us and we, we have to get away from that. Yeah, we really do. And it's hard to, it really is. I mean, for me, it's like dealing with a lot of mom shame. Like that's hard in itself. Like, oh, I wasn't. Mm -hmm the best mom I could be, or I could have been better today. It's like, oh, then that shame of like taking time for yourself or whatever that looks like. It's, it's hard, but if we can get out of that shame mindset and more into that gratitude, I think, I think it helps in, in any brain sickness in anything in that, um, aspect. Um, so Leah, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with those that are listening? Um, I would, I would just say that even, even when you feel like you're in the very darkest, in the very darkest, the light will come again. It will come. And there are times when I thought there was no way I could hold on. No way. Um, there was a time I had been in the hospital for a week with pancreatitis yeah and with pancreatitis the only way to get it to go away is they put a feeding tube in you and you can't have anything and they took me off all of my medications which had a huge effect on me obviously and I got home from the hospital and I was waiting for my psychiatrist to call and call in some new medications yeah and I got home in the evening and so he wasn't calling till the next day and um, just my youngest son and I were home. My other two were already out of the house and he left for school. And I literally knelt down on this prayer or on this um, chair and prayed the entire time he was at school, mm-hmm. just begging, help me hold on. Yeah. And um, when he came home, I just started crying because I was so grateful that I had been given the power to hold on. Yeah. And so you know, sometimes you just, you just have to surrender to God. Yeah. But he will help you. Yeah. He truly will. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Leah, and for all the words of encouragement that I know that are going to bless a lot of people. Um, And it's just been so fun to hear. Well, not fun, but inspiring to hear where you're coming from and the things you've gone through and, um, I'm sure the people listening will find hope in everything you've said. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's Beyond the Mirror podcast. Um, If you felt so inspired um, and would like to share your story, please um, email me at addy.sano at gmail.com or uh, you can find the link on my Instagram bio which is at health.hair with ad. 
Um, also on my Instagram bio is details for the Beyond the Mirror program. If you're interested in going through a program to help with uh, mental health, emotions, um, being a mom, anything of the above. Um, and I look forward to hearing from you.